Wonder about the future and how you'll be working and learning? Welcome to You in 2042, the future of work, with your host, Danielle Wallace. Thank you for having me on. My name is Marcus Bernard. I'm Chief Evangelist at Abrism, and we focus on delivering modern AI technology to the learning industry. So I was thinking about some of those new tools and the learning and development industry at large. There's been a lot of technical advances, Mm -hmm. but it feels like we're still only in our digital infancy as it relates to smarter uses of data, learner analytics, AI, and tech. What changes do you think the next 20 years may bring us? Well, I, I don't I don't usually tend to go too far into the future because those th- that that's a profession of its own. But I, I, I promise the next 20 years in this field are going to be super exciting. And I think we've already had a sneaky peek at that when we just look at how the devices in our own homes have developed. So be it be it the series of this of this world or the Alexas, right, the the uh, the questions we can ask and the answers we can gain from them have so drastically improved recently that we're really getting a, a, a really good feeling for what the capabilities there are and how they're developing and how useful they are starting to become. I still remember asking asking my Siri the first the first question many years ago, and I thought, well, this is a little bit useless, isn't it? Uh, I, I have to ask an unbelievably dumb question like, what's the weather like in Cambridge tomorrow? And then I'll get a good answer. But other than that, it wasn't very helpful. I recently asked about asked about registering a car in Europe or in the UK and driving to the other side and and how that works and I got a fabulous answer that even highlighted a loophole in the regulations and I thought to myself oh wow this has this has really moved on so you're right we're in the infancy we're already getting a really good taster of where things are headed but what we really what we're really going to see now with AI entering these areas is we're going to see a completely different um, set of tools and capabilities that allow us to find information, to judge how how well we have learned and what we still need to do, and to learn with the AI. So those are the three main areas. The finding information is basically the equivalent of going to a library and having a fabulous librarian who has read all and remembers all the books. And we can just say, Bring me all the poetry that contains uh, stone bridges, and that was written between 1750 and 1895. And and the librarian says, boom, a millisecond later, you've got the books in front of you. And then you say, oh, now, now please order them alphabetically and please exclude this author. And boom, there's a new list of books. And so we're, we're, we're going to be seeing the, the AI as a fabulous librarian, and not just by delivering the books, but we can then also ask questions and if the answer is somewhere in the content, in the books, in the library, in the knowledge hub, then the AI will answer the question with what is there. We're not talking about AI doing doing magical things here, making up things. What we're saying is a real tool in terms of what's there has been has been tried and tested and, and acknowledged by experts. And now the AI is just working as the librarian. That's number one. That's how I find information. And that's where the Siri example comes in. And then, of course, um, I always have this example that imagine you've already done 
a degree in biochemistry and now you've decided that you should have done medicine to start with. And now with your degree in biochemistry, you embark on the medicine university journey. Just imagine you had a personal tutor who can ask you questions for five hours and then tell you exactly where your strengths and weaknesses lie and which parts of the book you can skip and which parts of the book you really need to dive into in detail. Most students these days would still have to read the whole book and learn from many of the chapters that they already knew that chapter, but they had to go through it in order to be sure that they're not missing anything. With clever testing and, and clever profiling, which AI can do, we can then find our own profile and be guided exactly towards the right um, pieces that, that we need. So that further enhances the search function. And then, of course, it's also the delivery. We can, like with a personal trainer, also say to the AI, well, in which order should I best cover this? How, how have other learners um, worked with different orders? What's the complexity tree order that I should go through this material? And so the AI can sense what's more complicated, what are prerequisites for the knowledge that I'm looking for and guide me step by step there. In the same way that a good teacher um, would write a really good textbook for students, by ordering the chapters in a way that makes sense so that they're slowly building up in complexity. All of these things I, I will also do for us. And so, and so I'm really excited how we deal with information, how we consume information and how we learn and develop will really drastically improve our own journeys. And because this is scalable and because this will be available to everyone, um, this will have a global impact, whether whether we're highly developed countries or whether we're in 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 underdeveloped countries alike. Everyone will have access to this via the internet, via their smartphone, and it will have a huge impact on society. So that is that is the overall answer, and that's what I think is going to happen over the next twenty years. I love that the idea of finding information with this fabulous librarian, judging how well. We've learned it through the idea of this personal tutor and lastly having this excellent teacher to learn with and understand the yeah. sequence and the complexity tree and such. This is definitely, I agree, where we are, where we are heading. Um, but I think a lot of organizations aren't can't grasp this. Um, what can organizations perhaps do today to enable their workforce to be future ready or to be uh, functioning in this future world? For me, the key here is that opportunities for the individual need to be available and we need to have a range of opportunities available. The vast majority of employees will want to develop. They would want their promotion and they will want to have a good a good review meeting. That is that is what our employment is, is in essence about. It doesn't matter which job we're doing. We tend to want to keep our job or be able to apply for a better one soon. That, that is how the professional journey works. And so there's an intrinsic motivation in every individual to want to do things better. And we're already, we've already been seeing this when we look at how many employees have improved themselves in Excel with YouTube videos. And all those functionalities of these programs, their organization has not taught them Excel. YouTube has taught them Excel. And, and whether it's whether it's pivot charts or diagram, whichever aspect it is, that's how employees have gone out and found these things. And I think that intrinsic motivation can further be nurtured and it can also be directed better by an organization. The organization holds the knowledge of which um, which could the next steps be. 
is the development a straightforward one or is someone looking to develop more sideways in a, in, in a role or in a direction? Um, so that's where reskilling slash upskilling comes in. Are there opportunities available that might be within the scope or with a bit of upskilling or reskilling? So I think the intrinsic motivation lies, lies with the individual, but the the organization's responsibility is to guide this process. And of course, there are there are also all those things like compliance, et cetera, that play a role here. But I'm thinking bigger. I'm thinking we need to guide the employee. How do they how do they improve in the current role? How do they get ready for the next role? And how do they continue to see this also as an as a journey? Because every every year in employment is is just another opportunity to be in a better place the year after. And so organizations need to take this need to take this seriously and pro provide the opportunities and the time where also see us really struggling uh, is that this development, while often seen as really good and something that adds value, it's also seen as something that just distracts from the main role. And, and we're so at odds in that perception that, you know, someone someone can't possibly just tw spend 20 minutes reading something. They, they've got a lot of important work to do today. That's where we haven't found the balance yet. And and it's a little bit of a hype like in the, you know, in, in often we see in the in the health or in the fitness industry, we bounce between the extremes rather than finding finding a, a path down the middle that is well balanced where opportunities are there time is not wasted and well value is added that's so true organizations can support employees on their journey really harness that intrinsic motivation by providing them the opportunities and the time what do you think learning and development needs to do um, or change or stop in order to then to support this future reality I think L&D needs to needs to become more proactive in this journey and needs to strategize more. The value has to be visible in in the C-suite and the value has to be invisible to each and every employee. And so we have to offer time and opportunities for this development with guidance on the routes that are available for the individual, that will show the value to the individual. But now L&D teams have to focus strategically also on making that value measurable and showing that there's, an, that there's a return on investment, we love saying, don't we? ROI is, is, always, is always quoted, but we have to show that there's a value as a return on the investment and, and that uh, the, the business is being improved um, overall, in in its capability to function and to deliver for clients and 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 their services, and so I think that is a really strategic role. And I think we're we're on we're on route there because L and D is being given more and more a seat at the top table in order to be able to to deliver in this fashion, and it is also receiving um, you know higher level strategic uh, directives in in what to in what to achieve these two things need to shake hands and this is a development that that organizations have to go through the L&D department that 15 20 years ago was was in charge of the compliance modules that is not the L&D department of the future and with and and, and if we're still stuck 
thereabouts, that won't suddenly become a strategic function within an organization. But I think we're en route there. Um, and and I think more and more and more, this is starting to be taken seriously as a part of business rather than a, 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 another modern hype. So that future world, learning and development truly is that integral strategic element, that integral partner. Absolutely. Other last thoughts or parting words you want to leave our listeners with? I think the main thing here is to stay enthusiastic and interested. The the advances of technology are really exciting. One doesn't have to understand AI to, to experience this as we all do at home with our smartphones. And so, and so to be open and interested and also to keep up to date with things like responsible AI, that we, we are still experiencing too many fears about AI and what is it implemented like and what does it do and does it do things we don't want it to do? When actually, when you look more and more into the materials around responsible AI, the biggest problem are, are the humans in the system who, who put the bias in. It's not the AI. And my example there tends to be for an organization looking at graduates and hiring graduates. Then I always say the best example is the moment you've put in there that you prefer top university. You've just biased the selection system massively, socially, economically, and, and with regard to many, many factors in society just by saying we prefer someone to have gone to a top university it is it is not the ai that is then picking the 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 applicant from the wrong pool and and lacking the diversity we would like to see it it is the pure fact that we've just said we would like to see a top university on there and i think the more people are interested and the more people look into this we will we will see that we have control over the diversity and responsible use of ai and and that it's not as mystical as it might seem. So that would be my parting words. Marcus, thank you so much for these great insights. It's lovely to take the elements that are happening within AI and that you've brought it into the learning and development field. Love, love, love this. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Danielle. It's been an absolute pleasure.